0: Hi friends, I'm Kara Kaye. And I'm Elizabeth. And this is the Asking for a Friend Podcast. A show for the woman who has
1: questions about herself, the church, and the world. We are providing a safe space to engage
0: in tough topics. But don't worry, we know you're only asking for a friend.
1: Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Asking for a Friend. So today is a very bittersweet episode for us because this is Elizabeth's last show with us. I want to cry. I know. All the things.
0: I've kind of been dreading recording this episode.
1: (laughs) I know, me too. Okay, so we're dedicating today's episode to the question, what happens when my life changes direction? Because that's exactly what has happened with Elizabeth. So... To get us started, Elizabeth, will you share your journey and your story with us of the past couple years, and then what's been going on in the past couple months?
0: Yeah, sure. So, yeah, this is really hard <laughs> to record, um, and I'll kind of get into why. But I went to seminary. Gosh, about I graduated about fourteen years ago, and when I was in seminary, I thought that I would graduate and you know, do some writing and work in a church. And then we moved to our small town and those opportunities just never opened up. But I did start pursuing writing pretty seriously about 10 years ago. And, you know, when I wrote my first book 10 years ago, I know, you and I've talked about this, like there was no social media, or at least I wasn't on it there was no social media marketing. And I mean, I didn't have an agent with my first book. I mean, it was just very old school. But I just wanted to write books because I loved writing. I loved helping people. Uh, I felt like it was a way for me to do lay ministry and, and it did open some doors for that. But in the past few years, I have really struggled because I feel like my job has become less and less of what I enjoy. So, and I know like every job has things you don't For like. sure. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. But I feel like you have to enjoy and be fueled and feel filled by the majority of your job. Yes. So that you can tolerate the, the parts you don't <laughs> like. Yeah. And so I feel like the majority of my job has become social media and very little writing. And Mm -hmm. I think I told you, I was like, I feel like it's 95% social media, 5% writing. And that has been difficult because I just, there's so many aspects of social media that I love, but there are so many that I just don't. I feel like this job of writing and speaking, um, you know, it's tricky and you totally understand this because you're in this world, um, It feels like a lot of self-promotion and a lot of people say, well, Mm -hmm. if you believe in your message, then you're promoting your message and not yourself, which I do believe that, but it is a fine line. And Mm -hmm. as an Enneagram three, it's really easy for me to fall on the side of promoting myself and then missing the opportunity for ministry. Yeah. And then again, as a three, I think this industry it's really difficult. I told my husband, I was like, I'm tired of constantly striving for quote success, but always feeling like a failure. And I don't know anyone who goes to their job every single day and is just like, I'm failing at this, but I'm going to keep going. You know, it's like, if you you feel (laughs) like you're failing, you know, you kind of, you talk to your boss, you uh, maybe switch departments, you know, it's like you find a way to feel a little more fulfilled and successful. And yeah, it's just, it's been really hard. I think emotionally, mentally, and of course my husband's great. He's like, he tells me as a three, my definition of success is so far out there. Like I'll never reach it, (laughs) which might be true, but I also have just felt, like I said, just mentally, emotionally beat down Mm -hmm. and have just kind of lost the, um, passion. I I told my husband, I was like, if I could, again, if I could just write books and hang out with people and and talk to them about their issues, then that would be great. And that would be enough. But in our industry, that's just not the way it works. That's not how it is. Yep. So that led me, I think a couple years ago, I decided I was going to take a step back. And then I think I talked myself out of it and just said, but what else are you going to do? Like there's, there's nothing else for you to do. This is kind of the path you've carved out for yourself These are the opportunities you've been given. You just have to plow ahead and keep going.
1: Power through and just do it. That's right.
0: Power through. And so that's what I've done. And then I think it was just over Christmas that I felt like God really starting to point out that I just can't keep operating in this space of constantly feeling drained. Yeah. So that's what's led me to kind of make this change. So tell us about
1: the direction that you're heading in now. I know, but everyone else doesn't know. (laughs) I know.
0: So my degree from seminary is in marriage and family studies, and I've never wanted to be a counselor because I just don't want to sit for eight hours a day Uh and listen to people's problems. For sure. (laughs) But I am really fascinated by marriage relationships, by family dynamics, dysfunctional families. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I've written on that. And so I'm actually going to pursue a doctorate in communities and counseling. And under that degree, you can choose a different track. So I'm just choosing marriage and family to kind of keep going with that. So I'm going to start pursuing my doctorate.
1: That's awesome.
0: Not 100% sure what I'm going to do with it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I do know
0: I live in a college town and there's actually several, there's one large university here and then several smaller colleges. So hopefully, you know, it'll open the door to teaching or working in their counseling center or something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's where I'm at. So
1: exciting. Well, I'm, I'm like very torn because I want to be really excited for you. But at the same time, I'm like, no like so sad. So I know.
0: Well, and that I think has been one of the biggest or the hardest parts about this is my fear of like disappointing people or right. letting people down. And I know like I've talked right. about this. You, I think you text me. You're like, don't feel like you're letting me down. And I was like, that's yeah. exactly how I feel. Yeah, that's how it feels. Yeah, I do. I feel so terrible for people in my sphere. But at the same time, I know I'm not doing anyone service if I'm just feeling drained.
1: Yeah. And you're just kind of doing it because you feel like you need to do it because that's not a healthy place to live. Okay. So it sounds like you have wrestled with this for a long time. So what was the, was there something specific that really helped you decide, okay, I'm going to make this change?
0: Yeah. So I have a friend, she and her husband, either one of them is on social media. It's just kind of a commitment they made to each other that. They weren't going to do that. Uh, and we always make fun of her because she never knows anything that's going on with right, any of us. Right, that's where or, all the information is. <laughs> that's where it is. But there's so many times I have thought, like in the past year or two, I just, I wish I could be like them. I would give yeah. anything to be like them. And to, like, that just feels so, that would be so freeing. And again, like I know so many people that love social media and think it's so fun. And I think I used to be there, but now right. it's just become such a burden. So that thought has run through my mind over and over and over again. And then I think since we started this podcast, I've been on social media more and it's just like my social media responsibilities have increased. And over Christmas, I took kind of like an unintentional break. I didn't mean to. Mm -hmm. Which is so nice. Oh, it was so great. And I think I was off for a week or two just because I was busy with my kids. And I remember thinking like, it would be so nice if this was my actual life. Like, and, and almost feeling paralyzed when I kept telling myself, like, you have to get back on, like, you need to start posting stuff. You have things coming up and I couldn't force myself to do it. So I think that was a big, like red flag of, of like, wake up, like something, something needs to change here. I also read a couple books, which you're partly to yep. blame because one of the books was uh, one you recommended. <laughs> oh, so it's my fault. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So I read The Next Right Thing by Emily Freeman. Uh-huh. And yep. remember when we talked about it and I was like, yeah, I don't think I yeah, need to read that. Like, like I, don't, I don't need that. I don't have any big decisions to make. I know. I, I, I was like, I'm a pretty decisive person. <laughs>
1: Yep, that's so funny because I thought the same thing before I read the book. And then it was like, oh, well, maybe I do have some decisions to make. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I feel like that's how God works. Anytime I'm like, no, I'm good here. That's where he's right. like, actually, uh, you've got no, some work not. to do. And then I've also been going through Jenny Allen's book, Made for This, which it's a yeah. like it's almost like a daily Bible study kind of thing. Right.
1: I just got that one too. I haven't opened it yet, but
0: yeah, that was another one I kind of resisted because I was thinking, I know myself, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, mm-hmm. I know my calling. You know, I don't need this. But my mother-in-law gave it to me for Christmas, so I thought, oh, you know, I'll I'll do it. Um, so I think just God revealed a bunch of things through reading those two books right. and just spending a lot of time in the Word. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So what do you think held you back from making this decision? Because it's something you've struggled with for a long time. So what what do you think it was that, was it that need to not disappoint people? Mm-hmm. Or what do you think it was?
0: Yeah, the definitely did not want to disappoint people. And again, like, I think we... I think we assume people are thinking about us more than they really are. Right. But yeah, not wanting to let people down. You know, we talked about um, collab conference. Mm Mm-hmm. That I hosted last year and I was in the midst of getting it underway for this year. And I knew that was gonna be something I was gonna have to let go. And did not want to disappoint people coming to the conference or the speakers I'd lined up. And so that was definitely a huge part of it. I think obviously, like I mentioned as a three, just my need to achieve. I kept telling myself, if you just work harder, if you hustle more, you know, you'll you'll find what you're looking for, you'll feel more fulfilled. And it was just the opposite, the harder. I hustled the more drained I felt. Yeah. And when I say drained, I don't mean like tired or, you know, but I really mean like just emotionally spent.
1: Yeah. It's just not life-giving for you anymore. Right. I totally get that. And so I am actually making the announcement this week because I'm making some shifts in my life as well. Mm -hmm. I have wrestled with this for probably a year to a year and a half almost that I felt like God was telling me to do something. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, no, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm not <laughs> going to. But I, for the last seven years, I've ran a ministry for moms, an online mm-hmm. ministry for moms. Yes. We had local groups all over the world. We hosted online conferences. I mean, I published five books out of this, you know, platform that I created. So it was a this huge thriving thing. It was yeah. great but about a year ago right after my first book came out I felt like God was really saying okay this season is over this season mm-hmm. is over and I was like I don't know what that means and so I just pushed back against it but for the last year all of the work for that was just draining for me mm-hmm. for the la- for the 6 years prior to that I loved doing that work it was yeah. life giving it was the best thing like I- it was the- it was that thing that you know kept me up at night because I was passionate about it and I I just couldn't wait to do more and I loved it and I loved planning for it and doing the work. But then I just hit the wall and was like, this is not for me anymore. That season. And I think that's okay. Like, I think I felt like, well, you're doing this thing. You have to do it for forever now. Forever. Yeah. And so that was a struggle for me. I was like, but this is how people know me. This is what I've done for yeah so long. And so if I don't do this anymore, then what is my identity? What is my focus? You know, that none of that made sense to me. And so I finally decided earlier this year, this is going to, it's going to be coming to end soon. And I still didn't know what that looked like a couple months ago. And now finally, I've come to the place that I am at peace about it. And it was actually having a really good conversation with my my agent. And cause I was like, I same place as you. I was like, I don't want to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. What if I upset people that, that love this and publishers and all these things? Like I'm so concerned about disappointing people. And you know, his encouragement to me was you have to stop worrying about disappointing everybody around you. Yeah. Is it giving you life every day? Are you waking up excited to do this work? And if it's draining you, then that's probably your answer right there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm kind of right here with you in the season of transition. And when life kind of takes a, it's almost a surprising, but not so surprising turn Mm -hmm. because you, you kind of saw it coming. Like you saw yours coming. I saw mine coming, but still it was like, Oh, we kind of pushed back against it. And Mm -hmm. it was hard to actually make that move into saying, okay, I'm gonna follow through with what's God what God is calling me to do.
0: Yeah, I'll say in that book, um, The Next Right Thing, do you remember that story mm-hmm. Emily told about being a sign language interpreter?
1: Yes, that I do.
0: That really spoke to me. She was basically for our listeners, if you haven't read the book, um, Emily was a sign language interpreter and like really one of the best of the best, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. Um, everything, like all of the, all of the signs <laughs> per se. Pointed to the fact that she should have stayed on this path. And she felt God calling her to quit and be a full-time writer. And just she just talks about how she wrestled with that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's like you were saying, like, she didn't want to disappoint people and she thought I've wasted all this time and all this money getting certified. And yeah, I think about I or I try not to let my thoughts go there of, well, I've wasted all this time and all this, you know, money on conferences and equipment and stuff like that. And and just remind myself that everything we do is a stepping stone. To where God's leading yeah. us. And that he yeah. doesn't waste anything. So your time with your ministry, even though maybe if you're letting it go or passing it on or whatever, it, it blessed so many people. And, it was, yes. and yeah. it was
1: blessing you too. For sure. And if it's not, if we get to the place that the thing we're doing is not blessing us, then we just kind of have to make a decision yeah. to figure out what is life changing for us.
0: I think what it sounds like listening to you though, like kind of what held us both back was people's perception of us.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: I know I had a, one of my pastors, it's at a different church. I don't, not the church I go to anymore, but I remember him saying one time, you get really bored really easily. Hmm. And he was not saying it in a complimentary way. Right. <laughs> he was, <laughs> you know, basically because I write and I speak and I do the podcast and, you know, it's like, I have my hands in all these different fires. Right. I did the conference and I and he basically was saying, because it was in the context of a bigger conversation, like that I was flaky and noncommittal, oh, yeah. and and I and I think I carried that a lot with me. Of like, are right. people going to think, oh, great, she's just on to the next, she's just thing. Yeah,
1: on to the next thing.
0: Um, so I think that's hard, is just you know letting, like we said, letting people down, mm-hmm. and and what are people going to think? But again it sounds like God's been working in you for the past year. God's been right. speaking to me. And we almost just try to shove that voice aside and say, nope, I, I can keep going because this is what people yeah. expect.
1: Yeah. I can do it all because that's what everybody expects of me. Yeah. So once you made that decision, what did what did that look like? Did you feel, were you still torn or did you feel at peace about it?
0: I felt more at peace after I talked to you. And uh-huh. you were so incredibly gracious. I want all of our listeners to know, like oh. you, you could not have received it any better. And I still like I still feel almost guilty now because she's being so nice about it. Oh. <laughs> um so I felt more peace after I told you, after I sort of shut down the conference. That's when I felt more at peace because yeah. I It was like God was saying, see, the world is not going to fall apart. Like, it will keep going. It will be fine without you. Everybody's (laughs) good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I definitely felt more peace after I did that.
1: So tell us now what the next steps are going to look like. Are you, because you talked a lot about social media being, Mm -hmm. you know, a struggle for you. Are you going to shut down social media? Are
0: you stepping back from that stuff? What's that going to look like? Right now, I'm just kind of taking a break. And it's one of those things like, I don't, I don't even miss it. So I think whenever I miss it, I'll go back to it. Yeah. But I won't, I don't ever want to let myself get to the place where I feel pressured to post something clever, inspirational, deep and rich every single day. Right. I don't want to be tied to my phone like I was. I've had so much more free time. (laughs) Oh, nice! Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's amazing. What's that like? <laughs> I know my husband. He even said he's like, this house has never been cleaner, and we've never had more meals cooked than now. I'm like, I that'll know it's amazing. Funny. I'm actually change what once, once school starts
1: for you, though, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yes, that will definitely change things. And I think that's also why I kind of want to take a step back so I can devote myself, you know, to studying. But I, I, I hope that social media gets to the place where. It's like, um, like I can take a break, like, Hey, I need a five minute break. I'm just going to hop on social media, you know, where it's something fun again, um, and not something draining.
1: So what advice would you give to somebody who feels like they're called to make a major life change, uh, or go in a new direction, but they're really struggling to follow God's call in their life?
0: Well, I would say first kind of what you and I just, um, had to deal with and talked about is just stop worrying about pleasing everyone. Because you're the one that has to live this life, not them. So kind of get rid of all the labels that weigh you down, like, but I'm this, or I've Mm -hmm. always done that, you know, just kind of letting all that go. And then I would say, because I've done this before, write down exactly what you want your life to look like, like without any fear, without thinking anyone is ever going to read this. You never have to share this. But write down exactly what you want your life to look like. And then I kind of just took myself through the worst case scenarios because it's hard to really be vulnerable and honest with yourself. I think we create the arguments in our mind before we even voice what we want. So if you can write down what you want and then almost play devil's advocate with yourself. So with me, it's like, well, I want to stop doing the podcast. I would say like, well, I can't do that because I can't let Kara K down. And right. I was like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Well, she'll be mad. She won't talk to me for a while, but I think she'll find her <laughs> way back. What's the best thing that can happen? She'll be really gracious. You know? Yeah. And I was like, either way, those are going to end up fine. You know? Right, like right. Either way, we're going to make it. You know, I remember thinking like, what if I, you know, what if I give up writing and I never write another book? Okay. Like, right. that's yeah. that's not the end of the world. That's, yeah. That's not a bad thing. And so it's like you almost have to just take a deep breath, write what you want your life to look like, and then walk through those those scenarios to show yourself like it's not going to be as bad or scary as you think it is.
1: That's really good advice. I've never done that before. I need to do that.
0: Well, Emily Freeman, I have this quote from her book. She says, the voice of the critic forces us to face our biggest fears and in turn, listen hard for the voice of God.
1: Wow, that's good. It's been a while since I read that book, so I forgot about that. Yeah. That is good.
0: It's really good.
1: We can blame Emily P. Freeman for (laughs) all of our life change because it's her fault.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so so true. And then I think for someone who's like, I don't know what change I want to make. I just know that right right now- I am struggling and this is not where I want to be. I would say, you know, just start again, like, well, I'm a big list maker. You don't really have to make a list, but, (laughs) you know, thinking about or writing down things in your life that bring you joy, that bring you fulfillment, that bring you peace, and then write down or think about all the things that just drain you and things that you Mm -hmm. don't look forward to. What do you dread doing? I mean, it got to the point where I just woke up every morning and I was like, just dreading what was on my to-do list for the day and just realized like you always have a choice. You always have a choice. You, you might not like your choices or they might not be easy, but we always have a choice. I also read this quote as I was kind of wrestling through all of this and I find it very funny. Um, it was from that guy who plays Jack on Will and Grace. I can't remember his name. Oh, Um, Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in People Magazine and so funny. He said one of the number one pieces of advice he gives to people is, what do you want your life to look like? Okay, now go make that happen. And I thought, he makes it sound so simple.
1: It's so simple, yeah. So
0: simple, and we make it so complicated.
1: And granted, I mean, some things, because I think when you say that, it's like, well, yeah, there's a lot of things I'd want my life to look like, but I can't afford it or I can't physically do it. And, you know, so, I mean, there's always those limitations, but Mm -hmm. still a lot of the things that hold us back are just ourselves because we live in fear. We, you know, just the fear of failure, the fear of what people are going to think or something like that, you know, instead of just stepping into things and trying new things. And Mm -hmm. if you fail, it's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think we just, we assume, well, if I'm going to do something, it has to be super successful and the best thing and, That's not always going to be the case.
0: I think another thing that helped me, a friend, like right after I kind of made this announcement on social media that I was kind of stepping back, a friend said, Hey, I want you to listen to this podcast. It's really good. It sounds exactly like what you're talking about. And it was Jamie Ivey and she was talking, I I don't even remember who she was talking to, but I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, And one part of the conversation she talked about, um, she's a blogger and she said, people have told her like, you need to write a book. You need to start a podcast. And she was, she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to like, that's, that's not what I want to do. Like, I just like my little blog and, um, this is what I like to do. And she said, you know, people don't like, or people think you're only successful when you're living a really big life. And she said, but, for her, she was like, you know, writing my little blog just because it's an outlet for me. And then she was like, basically just pouring into people's lives is what she wants her life to look like. And when I heard that, I was like, yes, that's that's where I'm at, that I no longer feel the pressure to have to live a big life or have to do big mm-hmm. things that God has shown me um, really over the past six months through different circumstances that ministry happens in the day-to-day and ministry happens with people one-on-one. And it, it happens from the big stages and it happens through books also. But I think I've always feared living a quote, like smaller or quieter life. And God has mm-hmm. shown me just a lot of blessing of living that kind of life. And so I'm going to link to that podcast because it was really good, yeah. but it was, it was also, you know, for people who don't struggle with having to achieve or live a bigger life, I think it's just confirming of like, hey, what you're doing matters, whether you're folding your kids laundry or serving on the PTA or whatever, like life matters if you make it matter. Oh, that's good. I'm going to go listen to that. I'll link to it. Sorry. I don't remember who it was, but she was very inspiring. (laughs) I'm sure it was great. (laughs) Okay. So do you want to talk a little bit about what's next for the podcast or do you want to save that? Yes. So
1: next week, I'm actually going to do a special episode to talk about that. But I will just say right now, the podcast isn't going anywhere. And I will share more next week about what that's going to look like going forward. But Elizabeth, I just want to say thank you for the last, what is this, 24 ish episodes? I don't even know how far we are, but (laughs) thank you for just being a part of this journey. And I couldn't have done this on my own. And you pushed me into this. And I'm so grateful that you were like, come on, let's do this thing. <laughs>
0: I pushed you into the deep end and now I'm leaving you there. Exactly. You're like, <laughs> I hope
1: you know how to swim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, like you really have just been so understanding. And I really am so grateful for that. Oh, and I'm glad the show is not going anywhere because I have so many friends. I mean, just someone texted me yesterday, send me the link to that podcast you're doing. Uh, so awesome. I, I know, I we'll know. Tell a your lot friends of to still like stick it. around. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Okay. So why don't we wrap up with one last segment of resources? Do you have a resource to share
0: for your last show? Okay. So I hate that I'm ending on this note for my <laughs> uh, resources, <laughs> but, um, I've listened to two audiobooks that are like celebrity memoirs. Oh yeah. I don't, Well, I guess I did recommend like Tina Fey's the other day, but I'm not, I don't listen to a ton of celebrity memoirs, but, um, I just listened to Demi Moore's book. It's called Inside Out. Okay. I've never even heard of that. Okay. It was really good because if you grew up in the nineties or eighties and nineties, like us, like she, her story tracks with the movies she was in. So she's like, this is what was happening in my life when I filmed Ghost. This is what was happening in my life when I filmed Indecent Proposal. And, you know, this is what happened with G.I. Jane. So all these big films that we kind of saw growing up, she talks about and what was going on in her personal life. And she has a crazy childhood. Crazy. So yeah. I was I always enjoy crazy childhoods. <laughs> oh yeah. Crazy's fun. <laughs> and then the the second audiobook I'm gonna recommend, or you could read them, whatever. This one, don't judge me, but it's Amy Schumer's oh, uh, yeah. book, The Girl with yeah. the Lower Back Tattoo. <laughs> oh my gosh. This girl just that title is hysterical. Oh, she is so funny, but that girl has a mouth on her and Oh, I bet. She is dirty. So if that's stuff offends you do not listen to it I definitely would not recommend listening to it with your kids in the car yes yeah so you'll have some explaining to do if you do that that is so funny okay well
1: since you're recommending fun things I'm gonna recommend something funny too okay so I read this book in so during the month of February I think I may have mentioned this but I I only read um books that were by about black history or by black authors and yes. um, it was great and um but I read this book my husband read it and he was like crying laughing through this book Mm -hmm. and I like he would be listening to it like with his airpods in and I was like what in the world are you listening to that's so funny because he normally is like he reads like very serious like very like clinical type of books Mm. is typically what he reads Mm -hmm. and so he read this book and he was just cracking up the whole time so I was like okay I have to listen to it but it's called "How Not to Get Shot" and other advice from white people. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's by um, D. L. Uh, Hughley, and he oh, yeah. is a—he's a comedian. Yeah, he's funny. But oh my gosh, it's hysterical. I mean, I will say, like, make sure you already have a bit of understanding of like black culture and community. I mean, he—if you are a white person reading this—but mm-hmm. it is real funny and. Again, lots of language. So just go in with caution, um, And but it's, it's a good laugh. Um, That's I enjoyed awesome. it. <laughs> OK, I'm going to add that to my list. Tell us the name again, How to Not Get Shot. How Not to Get Shot and okay. other advice from white people. Oh my gosh. Oh my so gosh. funny. I can't wait.
0: OK, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening today as we talked about major shifts in life. And answer the question, what happens when my life changes direction?
1: Before we go, we would love to connect with you on Facebook and Instagram. We are at The Asking Pod. Each week we're posting new questions and things we're talking about on the show. And we always want your input. You can also connect with each of us on Instagram. I am at KaraK.James. And Elizabeth is at Elizabeth Oates underscore. And don't forget to join us next week for a special episode about transition and what the show's going to look like going forward.
0: And finally, keep asking questions for a friend.